Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. Helping you filter through the noise. Real talk. Black talk. The internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit worldafropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. Worldafropedia.com. Now, the next story, Dolce & Gabbana have been accused of racism in China. It's been uh, forced to cancel the major show in Shanghai. Uh, the brands responded by saying that it's been hacked. Now, this is all about an advert of a Chinese model eating spaghetti with chopsticks. It started with that, didn't it? That's right. Let me show you a little clip uh, of that video. Here it is uh, on Instagram. Here she is. She's... Lots of, sort of tinny, uh, quite stereotypical oh, yeah. Chinese music is played. There she is with the chopsticks having a go at eating uh, the spaghetti. And it goes on from spaghetti to cannelloni uh, and then uh, to pizza also with those chopsticks. Now, um, users of Weibo, that's the Chinese version of Twitter, uh, have said that this is trivialising Chinese culture and depicting uh, the woman here in a racist way. The hashtag Boycott Dolce then began to surface uh, online uh, pretty quickly. I'll just give you a sample reaction of a few that we can find uh, on uh, Twitter, bearing in mind, of course, that that's uh, banned in, in China. But it says here, embarrassing. Uh, what's wrong with their marketing team? Do they think we lived in 1908? But I have to say, as you alluded to, uh, things really took a turn for the worse for Dolce & Gabbana uh, when it came to their response. Um a private message was leaked that was apparently sent by Stefano Gabbana, one of the co-founders. Do I see emojis there? You do. I'm not going. What I'm not going to do here is read to you uh, some mm. of the details that he said because there is some pretty explicitly racist content. Um, but well, that's really sad, isn't it? It, it is. But it's interesting. It's it, he, the, certainly the language is racist. But look at the latest uh, Instagram uh, post of his. He says, "It's not me." And that's the official response from uh, Dolce & Gabbana's account themselves. They say, our Instagram was hacked. 
His account was hacked as well. They say they're investigating and actually it had uh, nothing to do uh, with them so at all. So he's using the kind of the shaggy defense, it wasn't me. It, it um, wasn't me. Does anybody believe him? I wonder. Well, that's the question. Officially, of course, Mark, the jury's out. But there is plenty of skepticism online as some people saying, why would somebody hack his account simply to send private uh, racist messages, particularly given that we know that he is someone in the past who has quite a history with some inflammatory uh, language. One person here saying, uh, knocked, hacked, will someone please make a list of Stefano Gabbana's uh, greatest Instagram hits? And they I include for you, uh, if you're interested, uh, suggesting that gay people shouldn't have children. Uh, and also saying that Beijing uh, was a, uh, and is an underdeveloped city. And as we uh, heard then in our business update a bit earlier on, that's all having a pretty uh, serious impact on the uh, on the consumer market there where the luxury good market is, is mm, key uh, mm. for China um, and I just wonder if I can end with one yes one Instagram that's go ahead from this woman here she's a Chinese uh, model uh, she was due to appear in a Dolce & Gabbana show uh, this month she's pulled out and then she says there um, you are cowards Jen Estelle with those words Nadia thank you very much to Nadia Masu Media Watch Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Sunday, November 25th, 2018. So I have been told uh, this is our monthly, even though we have been absent uh, for about the last three months, we did uh, our last Global Sunday talk on racism in July, and uh, it's just been a very challenging year, uh, calendar year for Gusty, and I'm sure all victims of racism, white supremacy, uh, the flood displacement, uh, yoga, teacher trainings, and uh, it's just been a disruptive uh, year for scheduling, uh, but back Racism, white supremacy is global, in my view, very important uh, to be mindful of that at all times. I think a lot of conversations uh, anywhere in the world, I think frequently the conversations end up being that racism is just a problem in this particular location. That somehow if you can, if we uh, could pick up and go someplace else uh, in the world Things would be better. Racism wouldn't be a problem. Uh, we could do whatever we want and not have to deal with this issue. And that is false. Uh, you can travel. You can study. You can do both. Uh, you can talk to people in other parts of the world. Uh, but that is false. Uh, whether racists are there directly or not, the system of white supremacy is global and there is nowhere to run. That being said. Our global Sunday talk, we make an effort to have uh, participants uh, who are outside the United States come in, share a thought or two uh, on the system of racism, white supremacy, things they've been seeing, uh, some of the global uh, incidents that have been talked about, uh, what have you. Uh, this is not as long as the normal program. So, folks, uh, if you are tuning in live, uh, you definitely this is not one where you just want to kind of sit around and wait until uh, the last minute, because uh, we will only be here for by max 90 minutes. So if you have a question, thought, want to take advantage and, and ask a question, a uh, victim of racism uh, outside the states, this is your opportunity. 641-715-3640. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. 
number again, 641-715-3640, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate, question, comment, what have you. Uh, Before we get to uh, some of our international folks, the audio at the top about the racist Dolce Gabbana commercial. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, that was big news uh, around the folks who are listening to the program, if uh, people had heard about that. I do think that's significant because a lot of times uh, when we talk about degrading images on television, commercials, TV programs, and what have you, uh, we talk about content directed at black people frequently and absolutely There is lots of that. But as I said, this is a global system of racism, white supremacy. This is what whites do all the time, everywhere they go. If the individuals are classified as not white, this is what we do. And if you look at, excuse me, if you look at some of the different uh, reports on this particular incident and how they are trying to manage it, Dolce Cabana, high-end luxury brand. I'm sure we probably have some folks who own a few of their items listening. Uh, but high-end brand, and they were talking about how for a lot of non-white people in China that there's this growing uh, market for purchasing these luxury items, system of racism, white supremacy, white identification. Uh, and so they were saying that this is horrible because, you know, they you know could sell, make lots of money, system of racism, white supremacy. I do make an effort to point that out regularly. The most powerful motivating voice is not uh Pounds, sterlings, any of that, it is the system of racism, white supremacy, practicing racism, exactly what you heard in that commercial. And I think you can actually see it if you want to go inside and check the video. Uh, With that, uh, for right now, we have uh, Andrew in the UK with us, longtime uh, participant uh, in the broadcast. We've had him on many, many times uh, down through the years on the Global Sunday talk on racism. Uh, He was emailing and asking, what is the deal? Uh, He always folks look forward to hearing his views uh, on the broadcast. So uh, he definitely was getting on Gus, like what's up with the Global Sunday talk on racism and checking in to make sure that I was okay. Good to hear from you, Andrew. Are you with us, sir? Yes. Can you hear me, Gus? Loud and clear. Yes, sir. Good, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um, first and foremost, I was worried about you. <laughs> yes, sir. Just, just yes, wondering sir. how you are, really. You know, and and so it's good to hear your voice. Good that you're uh, you're okay. It's good that you're um just uh, just doing your thing, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, because you know, to be honest, I know how. Um, I've seen here how the system can look to take you out, especially if you're doing something constructive against racism, against the actual system. So it literally take you out if not immediately, but over time. So, uh, you know, and it's orchestrated. So, so it's good to see that you are, you know, that you're alive and well, and that you're doing your thing and that, uh, and that you're, and, you know, and yeah, just good to, and obviously great to, you know, that we're doing this show. Absolutely. Uh, I definitely wanted to get your thoughts uh, on Brexit since you are at ground zero and we had folks uh, in the States who were curious about that for, Lots of different reasons. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, the Dolce Gabbana segment uh, in China, I don't know if you'd heard about that, the big hoo-ha over this racist ad. Did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I don't know a lot about it, but I heard them talking. I listened to the BBC World Service 
and, and, I heard, and it's actually really, really good for talking about uh, news well, well, all over the world globally, but also in on the African continent. Um, and they said something about this DNG um, advert. Um, the, the, the bit that I got was that the company is now in the middle of practicing or trying to practice damage limitation. So, so because so, obviously it's bad for their brand, you know, they've had some kickback, for, you know, from it. And uh, so now they're just trying to sort of, you know, you know, practice a bit of damage limitation on that, you know. But you know, you know, a lot of these fashion brands always make the same mistake, and that company apparently has done something similar before. So, so it's you know, it doesn't surprise me. You know, these people of these companies of these fashion brands and all the rest of it, you know, they they do this kind of stuff all the time. You know, they they, they make these um, faux pas all the time, and then you know that they, they may you know ignore the flack if it gets really bad. They might then try and do you know come back at it and justify. And if it gets really bad, then they practice, then they backtrack and practice damage a verbal damage limitation. So um so it's uh, you know it's standard for what for what these companies do. So you know um and they also feel that if it's, it's, it's acceptable as some other countries like it could be china it could be parts of europe or wherever they've got different advertising standards if it were to happen in the uk it would be a, a quite a sizable african caribbean um uh, um um uh, backlash or verbal um uh, uh, um uh, um uh, uh, verbology against it and then they'd have to say something about it you know similar to the windrush thing um but um it was somewhere where they thought they could get away with it you know oh are you still with us andrew yeah no no okay. still with you yeah yeah yes. something they could get absolutely period something where they they could get away with it Got it. Got it. And for folks who are listening in, uh, the Windrush scandal that he mentioned, these were black people uh, from the Caribbean uh, about 50, 60 years ago, maybe a little more, uh, who came uh, to the UK. Uh, it's come over. We need folks. This is after World War II. So we got all this ruin here. Come help us rebuild all our wrecks and blah, blah, blah. And so they bring all these black people in. And now they, a lot of these folks, they didn't get, you know, papers, passport, all the legal uh, documentation. It says, oh, my God, we're in ruin. Come help us. And so now it's, oh, you niggers don't have paperwork. You might have to get out of here. And I don't know. You don't have uh, your documentation. You might be one of the why we're doing the Brexit to begin with. We got too many dark people uh, here so you can get out of here, too. You don't have paperwork. You might have came in with the rest of these foreigners we're trying to uh, get rid of. Is that a correct assessment? Paraphrasing basically the, the Windrush situation? That, that, that is that is pretty much it you're talking about you know you're talking about my mum's generation you know or my grandfather's generation actually that came here in in the late 60s you know they brought, i mean you know my granddad brought my mum here in 66 but that uh, second wave my, my granddad came here in 1960 the second wave started coming over in the mid to late 60s right throughout you know right through to the early 70s and it's that generation yeah, you know, so it's that gener, you know, that generate my mom's generation up to my brother's generation. My brother came here in '77 from Jamaica, so you're talking about that late, you know, a ten year gen, a ten year generation, pretty much from say the mid, you know, mid '60s to mid '70s, kind of. Um, and they didn't need papers because you're talking, you know, the, what this government said is if you are, you know, you, they came over on the because on on the papers of their parents. You know, you know, that's the whole idea. You know, they came over on the papers of their parents. And you've got to remember also 
that uh, Jamaica was considered part of the British Empire. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's either a Commonwealth or colonial country, depending on, you know, before and after the, um, the, the you know, the, the end of um, uh, when Jamaica got their independence. So you're talking about people that didn't need papers. You know, that's the point here. And um, and so at some point they um, and and the, the the big thing about this you're talking about uh, a, a government um, really under Theresa May actually because she was at one point uh, in in you know I think the Home Secretary so you're talking about uh, you know an office that purposefully destroyed boarding cards or, or, or when they came off the boats they they still held these things. And they purposefully destroyed them. They could have given them to a museum. It's the kind of thing you give to some sort of foundation to look after because you're talking about history. Instead, they decided to burn them. All right. And so you're talking about putting chips in place. Right. You're talking about doing this, doing that, doing everything you need to do so that later on you then come bam with a law. The law is why haven't you? Are you a British citizen? Okay, prove it. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? And so that's what you're talking about, you know, and, and they knew what they were doing. These people knew what they were doing. I didn't think they figured for the backlash that was that, they, you know, that happened, you know. I, you know, that's the only thing. I think I think they thought they could do it through the back door, you know, not and, and it wouldn't cause a rumble. And in this country... The African African Caribbean, the Caribbean community, when I was growing up, used to be very, very vocal. The Caribbean community has been diluted now because apparently 40% of all Caribbean men now have children, whatever, outside of the African African Caribbean community. So, right there, the community is dead. So, that is the reason why they thought they could do it now you know, without very much backlash, but, you know, they were, they were even at this late stage in the community, um, uh, uh, in the, I would say the death of the African, African Caribbean community in the UK, even at this late stage, there was enough of a roar, thank God, to stop their nonsense. I don't know how long that's going to remain though, Gus. Feverish in the UK as well. Wow. Um, with the and much obliged for the the summary and putting it on a personal uh level with the uh windrush uh situation um as i said uh, the same animosity about non-white people and i particularly appreciate the emphasis on this is not happenstance this is not an accident this is the deliberate machinations of racism white supremacy uh in my view this parallels very much with uh, Brexit. Uh, that's supposed to be going. Uh, I think uh, we've been talking about that for years now. Uh, that's how Theresa May came to be uh, prime minister back in 2016, almost three years now uh, of Oof. the sentiment, hey, we are tired of this. Uh, we, this Us being a part, us being uh, England, us being a part of the European Union. Uh, hey, we're allowing too many folks to just trounce through, too many non- white people to just trounce through our area and forget it. We're going back. I think even you kept before all that, like we're tired of this. It's too many immigrants coming in here. It's too many non-white uh, people coming in here. 
written for British people. That's when, I mean, you could just switch it up for white, but that's supposed to be going down, everything being finalized. Uh, or I guess you can update us. You're right there. What's your sense on, on where things are? I thought they had come to some sort of agreement. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> The, uh, well, just today, I think, or was it yesterday? The, uh, you know, Theresa May's agreed, you know, the Europeans have agreed Theresa May's um, draft plan, as I understand it. So that's been agreed. You know, interesting that they've agreed it. Um, the reason why I think they've agreed it is because at the end of the day, I think they want a deal. Um, a, a, a no deal doesn't benefit the European countries. It, you know, it just doesn't benefit them. But, you know, they want a deal. And I think this, you know, I think they've got, because they've got, you know, they've got most of what they want from Theresa May. I think they're happy to sort of, you know, you know, it's about give and take. Um, no deal would mean uh, no trade deal for the Europeans as well as the, as well as the English. It's as simple as that. So, you know, it's with anybody, you know, from an economic point of view, it's within everybody's deal to, ha you know, to have a deal. Um, um, uh, as I understand it, uh, God, which country? Um, there was some issue over over Gibraltar. If I've got that, uh, if my memory's uh, um, uh, um, not not playing up, um, this country is in control of um, Gibraltar still, even though it's miles and miles and miles away. And I, um, there's history behind that, uh, but that's not relevant to this conversation. I think what's relevant here is how. African African Caribbean people in the UK view Brexit. That's interesting um, because it's look. Here's what's happening, right? You've got a lot of uh, Carib African African Caribbean people in the UK who voted for Brexit, right? Um, they they are some of these people are of some of these Africans are of the mindset whereby they're thinking, hey, we've got a lot of Eastern Europeans coming over here. Listen to this one taking our jobs, take, you know, getting free stuff, blah, blah, blah. What about our kids? What about our kids? Now, this is coming from a lot of African, African Caribbeans. So they voted for Brexit, right? Now, what did this, including my brother and his wife, and I love them to bits, right? And they voted Tory as well for the, for the Conservative Party. And they're not the only ones. A lot did. I've explained to a lot of Africans that, the reasons they are voting Tory isn't, oh, sorry, Brexit isn't, are not the reasons why a lot of white people in England are voting Brexit. The highest court, as I understand it, <clears throat> is in Europe. So if you want to query or question your human rights as an African, as a Caribbean person in England, right, in any area, right, you can appeal to a higher court than what's in the UK. Do you understand that? So whatever's going on here, you can appeal to a higher European court that doesn't come under the jurisdiction of the UK. Now, if you're racist living in the UK, that doesn't benefit you, does it? So what you're going to want, right, you are going to want to um, uh, uh, get rid of any European control, anything that stops you, right, from passing your racist laws. That's what you're going to want to do, right? And that's, a, I'm, I'm going to argue, right, that that is the real reason why a lot of people in the UK voted Brexit. It's to remove 
any human rights. I mean, you know, in fact, they've said it. I mean, in this country, there's been a lot of debate around uh, around curtailing human rights in the UK. You know, that's been debated now for the last few years, and that uh, certain people have too much hum- too many human rights that's dictated to by Europe. So what you're talking about are a load of English people, a load of white people in England that want to remove that safeguard. So the idea is this, yes, to stop, uh, possibly to stop Eastern Europeans from coming in, but also (laughs) to remove any safeguards for any other perceived foreigner or any other perceived, as Frank Frank Kitson put it, uh, police chief, the, uh, the enemy within to remove any of uh, anyone else who's perceived as the enemy within and that is all african african caribbean people if it's eastern europeans and it definitely has to be and has to refer to african african caribbean people so, so that so that's the so that's really what's going on there is to remove the layer of law protection in law that you find in europe that we are under that this court in the uk is under and that is what this is all about. And when you explain this to African African Caribbean people that voted Brexit, right? Um, most of them really have got nothing to say because they don't know, they don't understand. Do you understand? Have you got that? So that's you know, you, you know so people people vote for things that, and they don't really understand where it's all going. You know, it's ignorance. You know, and and so and so that, that's how it affects us. Wow, I. Greatly appreciate that. I, I, number one, the system of racism, white supremacy, powerful motivating force, generates a lot of confusion. The vast majority, Dr. Welsing, she would say 99% of the non-white people on the planet do not understand what racism is, how it works. That's why we make a lot of errors, your relatives and you know them voting for Brexit and thinking that non-white people are coming over and taking that sounds so familiar. I feel like I've heard that before, uh, but that is even more fascinating about the uh, different levels of power in the court system and that that being one of the results of this that now will no no longer be uh, under this other court's jurisdiction. So, hey, we can do what we want and you won't have recourse uh, to appeal if it's the Windrush situation, uh, the Grenfell Tower situation, lots of incidents of racism, white supremacy, where you might want, hey, I'm being mistreated. Let's bring someone else in to adjudicate and removing that layer of uh, protection. And even more interesting, you saying you're trying to explain this to people and them either not responding or they don't understand. Uh, I don't, I think that in, we've been talking about this for two years. They've been talking about Brexit and all this goes back to like two, 2016, even uh, before that. Uh, I think this is the first time that I've heard someone say that this could be one of the results in terms of racism, white supremacy uh, with going through this uh, and how it could adversely impact black people, non-white people uh, in this part of the world. I know uh, we had a listener here in the States uh, they were saying that they think that this will have adverse implications for black people even beyond uh, Britain. Have you seen any evidence that this is going to be bad for black people, even you know, outside your local, what they call national area? Uh, what, what Brexit's going to be bad, bad for for black people um, outside of the UK? Yes, sir. Uh, um, I, I, I've heard different things but i mean i'm not sure that i'm 
you know, you know that I agree with with a lot of what said. So, for example, um, staying, you know, staying, um, leaving Europe. I heard, I've heard the view put forward that um, leaving Europe would actually mean the, a curtailment to the influx of Eastern Europeans. Therefore, you know, going back to what I said before, therefore, there's going to be more jobs for African, you know, African African Caribbean black children in the UK. Um, uh, uh, this kind of thing, but um, I'm, I'm I just don't agree with that. I, I I don't agree that I do not agree that Eastern Europeans have been coming in and taking taking jobs for from African African Caribbean youth, black youth. I, I don't I don't um, I I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I mean, as a school teacher, I I don't see that uh, that that's a a, a big a, you know the most important thing for us. Um, I think the most important thing for us, really, is um, police harassing African African Caribbean children. Um, you, know, you know, I mean, and I say that as someone who was harassed as an African African Caribbean child, and it's just been there's not been no change. I've seen zero change since I was a child, which was what forty years ago, um, you know, thirty years ago until I am now, you know, to now. I've not seen a change in that. Um, I don't think that having more Eastern Europeans in the country, one way or the other, is gonna is gonna do anything to you know, to stop us from getting jobs, um or starting up businesses. I, I don't see that. So I don't think that but, but I've heard the view put forward that um it's better to go to, to, to have Brexit and someone that's gonna benefit us. That, that's what I've heard. Um you know you know that's the bit that I've heard. Uh, but I, I I can't see that. Um, any protection in law is better than no protection in law. You know, you could use it to some degree. It's not brilliant, but um, but it's better than nothing. You know, and and uh, the the court. You know, the people here hate when you can appeal to a higher court. It's as simple as that. They they don't like it. You know, and, and but that's that protection's going to be eroded and it's going to disappear when this country leaves Europe. I'm going to say this, though. Um, you know, a racist can somehow cut off, sorry, I'm going to use a metaphor, cut off their nose to spite their face. In other words, you know, a racist can some, it's quite, and this is this goes back to what you were saying before, Gus, that it's not about money. A racist is quite happy to lose a load of money if it means they can practice racism because this country is going to lose a lot of money in business. But, they're going to more than make up for it in having fun with non-white people, you know, and, and, and that's the truth. Context of white supremacy. Very important. That should be a global part of our code. Anytime uh, there's some sort of illusion or hint that white people passing any sort of policy or law. Oh, man. The black people, this is going to make your life spectacular. Things are just going to be great for you. All these wonderful things are going to happen once we pass this law. There should be a lot of suspicion anywhere in the world uh, where white people say this is going to happen and it's going to be great for you. Mm. Uh, mm. With uh, I know you said you listen to the BBC's Global uh, World Report. I do as well. Uh, frequently, they talk about racism, white supremacy, uh, right in line with the Brexit sentiment and disgust about non-white people coming into that area of the world. Just this past couple of days, they were talking about, I think that the way that they phrased it was 
voluntary colonialism. Uh, this yes. is a okay. You know what I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> the, just for our listeners, really quick, this was a proposal that was pitched. We don't want the Negroes coming over here, and you all are too ignorant and primitive to uh, satisfactorily take care of your own affairs. So what we propose is we will run the land in your area and we'll get it all spiffy and straight. And then as opposed to you all coming over here, crowding our space, you can just stay where you are. How about that? Your, did you, you throw thoughts on this, sir? Oh God. Um, you see, I don't know where to start with this one. It, it, it was, it, I think it was my memory of the report was that it was a um, suggestion made by a German politician, right? to um the idea was well verbally what they said was lease the land uh, develop the land and infrastructure and what this german said that they would bring is expertise um, development of infrastructure meaning you know roads um agriculture um building works uh you know electricity gas utilities and all the rest of these things um so this you see so that was their suggestion to lease the land, uh, and I'm going to make an assumption to lease it for um, something like 99 years or something like that, right? There's some, I mean, there's some obvious issues there, right? Um, one issue is if you if you let any rodent into your house, they will breed, right? Sorry to use another metaphor. If you let any of these people into your land, right, then their aim well, a capitalistic aim anyway, is to, is to multiply and control and develop for yourself. That is what capitalism is. It's as simple as that. And white culture is capitalism, is racism. Is racism. It's, all the, it's all one and the same thing. It's difficult to have one without the other. But anyway, right, so, 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 so that's what, you see, but the sad truth here, um, uh, Gus, I, I was in Ghana oh, for three weeks over the summer and, um, the sad truth is many of our leaders, when I say our leaders, I mean African, African, Caribbean, black leaders on the continent, right, are corrupt, right? They're, a lot of them have got bank accounts in Europe. So if this German is making this suggestion, he's the only reason he's gone on air making it is because he's already pinpointed certain Africans that he can pay to make it happen. You know, you know he's, 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 he's already, the wheels are already in motion for this. Do you understand? Right. So, so, so you're talking about you're talking about something that's already in motion, right? You've already got, as I speak now, you've got Europeans that have bought up and the Chinese that have bought up. I'll come to the Chinese in a minute, in terms because the Chinese are playing a game uh, with with Donald Trump in terms of white supremacy. You know, you know, the trade war is specifically a fight for supremacy on planet Earth. So Trump being a white racist, right, in his head. He knows it's important to win that from a white supremacist point of view. But anyway, we'll come back to that because that's an, that's an important fight going on right there. But in terms of um, in terms of this, right, um, it's already happening. And what these Europeans have, have been doing for years, because it's been, it's been a tried and tested thing. And again, it's in what, what this German's been talking about in terms of uh, in terms of um, uh, voluntary colonialism. It's in direct uh, competition with what China's doing as well in africa so so, so so what you're talking about is uh, colonialism by a supposed new model in competition 
with what the Chinese are doing there. So in other words, the Chinese are supposedly doing business partnerships, which is really just paying um, Africans in, in, in another way, paying African leaders in another way, in my opinion. And what the Europeans are trying to do is, 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 is do the same difference. Are you with me? So, um, so this is what you got. So, 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 so it's the same old scramble for African land. The sad thing here, right, for me, right, is that you've got a lot of African leaders, so-called leaders, whether these are the assembly man, which is like a local politician. Um, uh, in the UK, we call it like a lo our local MP. Um, I'm not sure what you call it in America, but in the UK, Chuka Amuna is a local MP for the air for a place in South London called Stratton. He's a local MP in Ghana. You've got the assembly man, which is sort of similar. Then you've got, uh, uh, you, you, then you've got the chief. Um, the chief is in the UK. We've got something called the land registry. Now I didn't know that in Ghana, the chief is actually the land registry. In other words, He's got his office registers the land, who buys it and who sells it. That is the chief's office. So whenever we say the chief, really, what we're talking about is a land registry. Do you understand? It's really important to understand that because, but, but, but anyway, the, you know, the, 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 the issue here is whether or not these men and women that hold these offices on the African continent can be paid and bought by Europeans. That's the problem. And sorry, Gus. The sad fact is, there is not enough accountability on these men and women that hold office on the African continent. It's a ma so you know we, we, you know we there needs to be a whole a whole level of accountability, you know. And I'm going to say this: the young younger people in Africa are demanding a higher level of accountability from supposed African leaders, yeah? And that, it's a massive, 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 massive struggle that's going on. And it's a cultural struggle, because culturally speaking, this whole thing about accountability, right, is not necessarily a traditional cultural trait. Young Africans are demanding it, and we need it, because otherwise, these Europeans are going to be able to come in and play the same game, pay off these old African leaders and take the land lease the land do you understand so, so this is a so holding these african leaders to account right africans holding these african leaders to account will stop these europeans from stealing the land it's not even stealing because the african leaders frankly a lot of them are giving it over they, they got they got a swiss bank account money's going in it and suddenly you know they paved the way right so we have to hold these african leaders to account otherwise these europeans will, 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 will come in their, their game has not changed. The European game hasn't changed. Do you understand? Right, so we have to flag it up and hold our own leaders to account. And we have to do our utmost to remove our leaders if they're not stopping, you know, selling our land cheap. We have to get rid of them. It's a serious point. We have to get rid of them. You know, we have to, we have to speak it and speak it and speak it and speak it and speak it. You know, because the European game hasn't changed. What would you say? Voluntary colonialism that doesn't appeal to any 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 young African none is rubbish. Yeah. Sorry to go on a bit, but that's that's a you see that's a massive thing right there. Voluntary that is that point that you're going to hear that repeated 
and repeated and repeated, you know, and, and it's going to happen via the back door, right? That and under the table, those kind of deals. That's because that would never wash, right? Um, um, uh, uh, overtly, no African leader could take that idea to the people. Do you understand? It's going to happen via the back door, you know. So, so that's what I have to say on that. Context of white supremacy. Uh, no folks <clears throat> who are stateside listeners, that word accountability comes up. Always put uh, alerts when that word comes up in the system of racism, white supremacy. And uh, I'm reminded some of our guests that we've had on the program, even guests in different part of the world, because we've talked about this is such a, a massive problem uh, in terms of what they call corruption. Uh, on the continent, mm-hmm. really throughout the system of racism, white supremacy, but we're talking about the continent specifically right now and having quote unquote leaders, uh, black people uh, who are taking money have somehow they've been compromised. They are loyal and acting uh, not on behalf of the black people that they are amongst on the continent. They are acting on behalf of racist man, racist woman, racist child. And it seems like this has been going on for a long, long time. Like when I say a long time, I don't mean like 40, 50 years. Like it seems like people even bring up this same type of scenario when they're talking about uh, slavery on the continent and or when they're talking about the thousands of years. Played the report yesterday talking about how did they get these thousands of artifacts? Oh, they would go in and talk to the chief and work it out and boop, the white people would come away with a whole cart full of goodies and that's how they got their museum stuff. In my view, if this problem with accountability has been going on for so long, that might be this is one of the this is a crucial necessary irrefutable aspect of racism white supremacy that whites are always able to corrupt or get non-white people to work on their behalf uh in the system that's just what racism white supremacy means and and thus i've just concluded there's not really anything that can be done about that at this point because the problem is so long running and i've not seen uh anybody where they can do anything racist they can apply i mean it's just what the mechanics the logics of what white supremacy racism means whites they can apply a lot more pressure carrot stick metaphor they can give a lot more goodies Mm -hmm. to persuade you to act on their behalf or the threats well if you don't hook us up and get the land that we want well we might kill you and all your family and everybody or we'll let you live or we'll kill all them and blame you for it or what lots of different ways that but that's just what the logics uh, of it seems to me because so many non-white people for centuries have been complaining about the same problem and none of us have solved it yet that's am i is what i'm saying does that make sense at all or am i talking crazy no, no, you, you're right. Um, because it reminds me of something as well. Because um, you see, what I wanted, I, I wanted to. I mean, because there's some obvious questions there, right? How did the what? How did the white people on the coast, at, um, you know, stationed all along the coast of Ghana, at places like Elmina Castle or Dixcoe Castle? Because there was loads of these slave castles all along that coast. I mean, Elmina is a very popular one, famous one, but there were loads of them. Right. So how did these white people get access to Africans? How did that happen? Right. So that you're right. They offered loads and loads of money. That's the, that's number one. Number two, when I was in Busia, it's a place called Busia, which is in the, in, um, on the coast uh, in the western region. Busia is like a uh, fishing village on the coast, just 
for was it two hours from Elmina Castle, right? So um, I asked the question to a lot of different people. In fact, I film it, but I asked the question of, of a lot of different people. How did that happen? Now, there's a famous tribe on the coast, pretty much. When I say tribe, I mean it's really a nation. They're talking about millions of Africa. Tribe is a bit of a silly word because it because people begin to think about five people. No, it's it's a it's about millions of people, and they were called the a hunter. You could Google it. A hunter people or a hunter tribe. Tribe's a white word, but say a hunter people or nation. Now, these people fought against the British. Every slave caravan that they found coming to the coast, they basically freed the slaves. Do you understand? Right? So it's incorrect to say that um, uh, we sold ourselves. Um, just because you've got one or two Africans right basically kidnapping and kidnapping other africans that does not denote that africans sold africans does that make sense you, you, you get idiots in every nation it's the truth right however it's, it's correct where you say uh, when you talk about european force of arms because what the british did they basically fought against um the hunter people fought against them fought against them and, you know, at the end of the day, you're talking about force of arms. That's really what you're talking about. So they basically killed them and then they threatened all of the coastal peoples, the Fanti. In other words, where you know, what makes you and I up? You know, they said, if you don't help us, we're going to kill your leaders, take your leaders and put our, put, basically raise up leaders that benefit us unless you do our bidding. And that's exactly what they said. And that's exactly what the British did. That's exactly what they did. So you're correct. They're talking about force of arms. They're talking about forcing people to do things um, uh, through force of arms. Yeah. So, but so, so I agree with you. What I'm saying though is that we have to keep. See, what I realise about white supremacy is that it doesn't give up, right? Uh, so we've done all Trump. Not, not changing the time, but we've done all Trump. He's in. A, he's locked in a war now, and. In his head, he can't give up, right? He can't give up until he wins. That, that's the war that he's fighting. You can call it an econ economic war, but really, it's a, it's a war by any other name with China. And what I think is that really, as far as I'm concerned, right, we have to say freedom or death, and not just our death, everybody's death. <laughs> Everybody, if we can't be self-determined, then basically to hell with the whole plan. I know, look, this is a radical view. A lot of people is going to disagree with me. But, you know, it's either freedom for everyone or freedom for no one. And this, and people have to know that, that we're, you know, that we're prepared just to end it all unless we get freedom. And that's, that's my point of view, because if it's not that, then it's white supremacy. It's one or the other, you know, and um, it's, it's one or the other, really. I can't, I, you know, I mean, um, it's difficult I, I, I can't see another way. Context of white supremacy. That reminds me of uh, Mr. Fuller, codebook, producejustice.com. If you need any of Mr. Fuller's works, producejustice.com. Uh, but one of, uh, I think one of his most important points, I know he's talked about it uh, on this program before, <clears throat> that the system of uh, racism, white supremacy, one of the, 
greatest errors that victims have made. We all make mistakes. One of the greatest errors that we've made uh, is valuing uh, survival more than justice. Uh, And I think that gets Mm -hmm. to the very core of the sentiment that uh, Andrew just shared, that uh, survival without justice is worth less. That's exactly the way Mr. Fuller uh, explains it, that it cannot just be a priority on being here or being here a long time or being here, going right to the corruption thing you were talking about, being here with as many cool trinkets, because sometimes racists can give up lots of trinkets. They can make it real comfortable Mm -hmm. on the plantation. It cannot be about that. It has got to be justice. Nothing, nothing is more important than producing justice. Not even being here is more important than justice. That's the type of mentality that I think will push us closer to solving this problem and solving this problem quickly, not pussyfooting with the matter as we should not be. Uh, I will check The number again, 641-715-3640, the code 564-943-POUND. Retired firefighter, did you have a question uh, for Andrew in the UK? You should be with us, sir. Greetings, everyone. Greetings, Gus. That You've got good timing because I was just, <laughs> just on another line and tuned back in. Uh, the question that I would like to uh, ask... Uh, the uh, callers uh, that are outside of the quote-unquote U.S. Uh, about uh, in this part of the world, they, they call it the quote-unquote holiday, holiday season. And it is, I think it starts with uh, Hallow- Halloween, uh, uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, don't let me miss anything, Gus. Uh, Christmas. Uh, Easter somewhere in there, and then we're talking about even New Year's. What, uh, and this question is specifically for people who are outside the United States, what, what, are, what are some of y'all uh, codified responses? Do you participate or do you don't participate? And uh, I, know, I know all these holidays are not really cultured with uh, – Everywhere it may be cultured specifically for this area, but I know you have some days that are called holidays. And and what what are you, what is your uh, uh, compensatory response to uh, what do you do or what you don't do with the quote unquote holidays? That's my question for the other callers. Is um, Gus? I'm not sure who else is on the line. Well, I'm uh, quite it- happy to. Yes, sir, Andrew, feel free. Um, okay, so I, I don't celebrate any of them. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I mean, okay. none, of them, <laughs> none of them mean anything to me, personally. Um, my right family, on. my family, my mum loves Christmas Day. She loves putting up decorations and all of this kind of stuff. Um, I'm quite happy to go around there because the way I see it, you know, it's nice to see family um, I see most of my family every week anyway, but it's nice to see family and it's nice to sit down and eat with family and this kind of thing, you know. Um, so I'm quite happy to do that. To be honest, what, what I tried to do last year, I bought them all a um, black history calendar. Everybody got a black history calendar and they got a Kwanzaa, they got a Kwanzaa card on Christmas Day. So you can use it as a time to educate your family about something totally different. You know, you, you, so in other words, if you want them to celebrate, if you want them to find out a bit about Kwanzaa, um, uh, uh, you know, just anything. I mean, I think the year before that, I bought I bought my mum the uh, book by Chancellor Williams, 
the destruction of the black civilization. She never read it, but she's got the book. <laughs> you know, my brother, somebody, somebody else might pick it up. You know, so it's a you know you could use it to you know buy buy children in the family something about I don't know anything really. I mean, a, a, anything that you know is educational, really, honestly educational. Uh, I don't just mean academics either. I mean educational about about uh, you know teaching them about white supremacy really um you know what it is and how it functions at their level you know um there's a lot of children that are there's a lot of african children black children caribbean children that simply are not being educated properly you know so so it's a chance to buy a child even buy a girl a young a toddler four-year-old a black doll most black children mm-hmm. do not have black dolls you know, mm-hmm. in fact, most black children have never. I heard this on the radio. I heard it on Galaxy Radio in the UK. Most black girls, toddlers, have listened to this. Have never touched the tech, the African. Have never touched their mother's real hair. Wow. Never touched their mother's real hair. They've touched. That is fake something to think about. But they've, never, mm-hmm. they've never touched their mother's real hair. So they touch fake hair and then they touch their own hair and they want their mother's fake hair. So, and this is not a slur on African black women. No, but they've never done. So, you know, I mean, if you buy the, 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 a toddler, a black doll with real hair, you've done a massive thing. They might not like the doll. I, I did that about five years ago. This little four-year-old, not in the family, but for a friend's daughter, this little four-year-old threw the doll on the floor and said, I don't want it. I don't want wow. it. She scowled. The sad, but that wasn't sad because that's understandable. What was sad is that her mother laughed. That was sad. <laughs> you know, so... so, so to actually you know, back, up the, the, back up the thought. Yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. But getting wow. back to the point anyway... It's a teaching, exp- you know. I mean, you, you know, for these holidays, you can you can redirect it, divert it, or if you can't do that, just don't celebrate it yourself. And when if people ask you why don't you celebrate it, just say, well, Christmas is a pagan ceremony. You know what I mean? You know that's what it is. That's where it came, that's where it came from. And just say, well, if it was honestly celebrating the birth of Christ, that's one thing, right? But the truth is, it's a, it's a it's a pagan capitalistic ceremony and but i value coming i value family coming together and that's cool you know i mean i don't i don't celebrate guy for we call it guy forks night bonfire night i don't do that because that doesn't mean anything to me and um what's the other one halloween trick-or-treat that's just nonsense they just deserve cold water being thrown on them that's what they deserve and and what i don't know oh black friday yeah we've got this black friday nonsense over here this week which was which is just a con game. So, okay, it, it, it does it does it register the same thing as it is over here, which is the the, the first big rush to uh, to buy uh, the buy things. Is that, yes. that's what it is over there. It's a massive. It's been over here for well, I've I noticed it for the first time about three years ago when. Apparently, there was some crazy fight outside IKEA in North London. Apparently, this, I, don't, I have no idea why, but it was on the news. 
there's some mad rush, whatever. But you know, and it's you know, oh, same thing over here. Same thing over here. Fighting, fighting, and whatnot. Matter of fact, not only fighting but shooting over here. That yeah. <laughs> just but, happened uh, yesterday, day before yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. But it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's just all it's all pure nonsense because because you know these prices are hyped up before you know before they're put down anyway. So it's just rubbish. It's just nonsense. But you know, I mean. It's, you know, people get caught up in these things, you know? Right. So right. it's difficult to teach people about this kind of stuff. Right. I have I have one more, if, if it's okay with you, Gus. Uh, proceed. Uh, any uh, comments on uh, Mr. Chow? Uh, the, uh, I'm not sure. He appears to be a non-white person. Uh, uh, who uh, the missionary who uh, was killed uh, by uh, uh, coming in and attempting to, uh, yeah. (laughs) Everybody knows about that. uh, (laughs) That was also on the BBC World Service. So you're talking about a missionary who went into a uh, so-called Indian island whereby... Right, so-called Indian, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereby the inhabitants, there was an agreement um, between the so-called Indian uh, um, government um, and the local Indians that nobody would enter the island because you're talking about uh, you're talking about um, indigenous. Um, I can't remember what the technical term is, so I'm not going to use the word pygmy. But you're talking about um, indigenous, indi- really the African people, right? And they're an African right. people. Right, because a lot of people probably don't know that you've got Africans living on islands in the so-called Indian Ocean. You've got Africans, li- but anyway, right? So, so you're talking about a, a, so, a so-called Christian missionary who took it upon himself to. Um, he didn't go to the island just once, you know. He went to the island. I think right. he got killed on his third attempt to go, or something like that. His third attempt, I think, to to enter right. the island. I read that too. You know? mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so um. Um, so, you so, see, on the one hand, right, um, in fact, no, 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 no. He was told not to go. He was, it was his third attempt. The people didn't want him. He was not only going against the wishes of the islanders, he was actually going against the law of India. They said no one is meant to go. Right. right? So, so, so basically, he, for some reason, which I don't know, decided to break the law of the land. And take himself to a place where he was, he knew by law he shouldn't go. Right? Do you get what I mean? Right. So mm-hmm. you know, he, he, and it was, and it was for the protection of everybody. The people didn't want him there. The people didn't, didn't want no one there. Um, they agreed with the government. The government agreed no one should go there. And so why? What, what is with this person? It's like he's not listening. He's a law unto himself. You know, and, 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 you know, it's, it's almost like kids, it's almost like if you're a graffiti artist, you know, you shouldn't go and spray trains, even though I love, I love graffiti, right? You know, you shouldn't go because it's, there's a third rail in the UK. We call it the third rail. It's dangerous, right? You've been told not to go. You go and do it anywhere and you end up dead. It's sad that you've ended up dead, but you were told not to go because it's dangerous and the people don't want you. And they went, he went anyway and he's dead. You know, you were t- he was it, told it, not it, to go. 
Yeah. It seemed it seemed as though that there is some uh, attempt to attempt to try to recover his body. That's the last mm. thing I've been hearing on that. Uh, uh, I, I strongly suspect behind his efforts, uh, he was backed by white people uh, who basically uh, stated, "Well, if you if you're successful, that's that's good." But if you're not successful, then don't come, don't come looking for us for anything, because we're going to deny, deny, deny <laughs> on 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 any any efforts to help that we supported you in any way. You know, so, but I suspect though, if it was a white female that had that kind of uh, 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 ambition. You know, uh, I need to go over there to research uh, the uh, the gray gorilla or whatever she was. She has an ambition for that. Uh, she would have had some sort of support on a, see, on a continuous basis. This is an important history to, to this case. The history is this, right? Um, Africans saying to non-Africans. We don't want you in our land, and we're going to warn you not to come. If you come, we're going to kill you. We're not going to let you in. We're not going to open our arms to you. We're not going to give you, we're not going to put uh, bandanas around your neck like Mardi Gras and welcome you in. We're not going to do that. We're going to kill you. If you step right. foot in our land, we're going to kill you. We're going to warn you, then we're going to give you a chance. We may give you a second chance like this man got. Give you about the third time we're going to kill you because you're not respecting us. You're showing us no respect. You know, we've told you we don't want whatever you've got to sell. I I'm a Christian. I want to make that clear, right? But would I go and force my faith onto you? The answer is no. I won't do that. If you, don't, if you don't want to know, you don't want to know. What gives me the right to go and push myself on you? You see, white supremacy basically says we, you, are lucky to have to be our slaves right that's basically what white supremacy is and we're going to come and give mm. we're going to come and give you we're going to come and benefit you by giving you what we have but what if you basically mm -hmm. say we, we're not going to let you eat we're not not only are we not going to talk to you if you set foot on the land we're going to kill you and frankly right africans on the continent of africa right they can learn from that example <laughs> if okay. you know what i mean you're reading yes, that? Sir. They can learn from that example. If you set foot in our land, on our land, right, then we're going to basically deal with you. We're, this land is a closed shop. There will be no voluntary colonialism. There will be no nothing. In fact, the only time we're going to talk to you is when we got stuff we, we want you to buy, and then we're going to bring it to your country, sell it to you, and but we don't want nothing you've got to sell us. It's a one-way... Right communication and it's what we want our way all of the time you know that is what that's what we can learn from this example of these people that dealt with this man sorry i mean sad that he died it's always terrible when someone dies even when even through ignorance right or, or white right. supremacy or, or false senses of, of superiority whatever this man had but the truth is it's a brilliant example of how africans can deal with other people frankly Sorry, you know, because we know right. for a fact that CIA agents, right, infiltrate aid agencies 
and they're running all over the continent of Africa. Not only that, paedophiles, European paedophiles, are running all over the continent of Africa. I know they're doing it in Busia, Ghana, and they're doing it everywhere. And the sad fact is, sorry, Gus, if you want to shut me up, just shut me up. But the sad fact is, I, I know that you've got Europeans that, I mean, I saw Europeans picking up babies and stroking them. I saw African children running up to Europeans, you know, and as, as if they're gods and all this kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? You know, and there's a lot more that I saw when I was in Ghana. I mean, it was a poor fishing village. I'm not saying this happens in Accra when you, where you have more well-to-do Africans. You know, I'm not saying it happens there. But um, where I was, yeah, it, it, yeah, what I saw, I just thought, my God, we need to safeguard our children. We need to safeguard our children. And I didn't see a lot of that happening. And it's because there's no understanding of the of these people. You know, there's, there isn't, you know. So... Yeah, they have, they have their websites there. all over the computer. I will pause there uh, one second, uh, retired firefighter. Context of white supremacy. Yes, Just, sir. We had a few other folks who dialed in and had a hand up as well. Uh, the caller, 5771, 5771. Did you have question, comment for uh, our listeners outside the U.S.? Uh, can I be heard? Yes, sir. Uh, greetings, Gus. Uh, greetings, uh, Andrew, and greetings to all the callers and listeners. Uh, this is uh, Henry from Chicago. Uh, I wanted to ask a question in regards to the uh, the the protest and also the protest for in the Netherlands uh, about Black Pete. Uh, from my understanding, there is some sort of uh, protest and you know for and against black peter could you andrew can you comment on that and is there more support for black Pete, or is there like you know more you know, uh more support to for his removal uh if you could comment on that so um i missed that did you say black pete yes the 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 uh the the um the racist character uh he's supposed to be one of santa's helpers it's uh some sort of dutch uh dutch thing that they have no sorry i'm not familiar with that at all oh i'm oh. familiar with that one uh we actually had 10 years 10 years context of white supremacy we had uh black protesters from the netherlands on the program uh 2000 12 because this has been going on for a long well the system of white supremacy has been going on for a long time and then short pete that's uh how they say it over there short pete uh black pete that has been going on for a long long time as well but they were on the program uh we talked about their protests and how they were treated uh they were talking about some of the shirts and being accosted same thing that happens here black people go out to protest racism sometimes they get accosted by the police and other random uh racists uh white people who insist that there's nothing racist or incorrect because a lot of times it'll be white people who are dressing up to be short pete they'll be in blackface and they'll get a wig and all the rest of it to do the whole costume uh to pretend to be short pete and then they'll whine and cry and you're taking away our beloved character we love black pete it's not racist he's just one of the little elves and all the rest of it but uh long this has been going on for a long time that they've been doing the protests counter protests all of it and uh i can i'd have to go back in the archives give me a second to find it but 2012 we had uh black folks in the netherlands on the program and talked about all this in great detail 
Yeah, I've been seeing recently articles uh, of, of counter protests, you know, in support for Black Pete uh, just recently. So I was just uh, wanted to see, you know, what what is the you know what is the consensus? Is it for or against Black Pete? Because I'm starting to see more for Black Pete. That was the sense that I got talking with them that it was more people who were outraged that they, you know, had the that these niggers had the audacity to come out and protest their beloved holiday to begin with. Yeah, that was my sense, too. Right on. Uh, Appreciate that, Henry, in Chicago. Uh, Imhan DC, did you have a question, comment you wanted to share? You should be with us as well, sir. Yes, sir. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Greetings to you and greetings to uh, you outside of the United States. Uh, is it Mr. Andrew? Yeah, greetings. I think. Yes, greetings. Um, I had a question. So I haven't been to uh, any part of Europe yet. and But I see that there's a lot of people over there that have my last name. And for some people, there's some people here too. But I just, I wonder, have you spoken to anybody there that has your last name? Any white person? <laughs> I love that question. Um, uh, After the top of my head, I mean, I must have done. I've been here 50 years. I I must have done off the top of my head. I cannot remember that. But that that is a brilliant, brilliant question because um, I don't know if it's been aired in America. I know it's on YouTube and I know it's on the BBC iPlayer. There's two brilliant programs by a... um, by a... um, by, uh, by, by a, uh, a historian, cannot remember his name now, but a UK-based black historian who's done two brilliant programs about slavery. But what's important, what's interesting is that he his programs were specifically about where the money is now and, and the families, the, the names of the families whom benefited from British enslavement of Africans in the Caribbean and the Americas. Really important because when the so-called emancipation came, um, people in the UK were literally paid. They, they were literally, you know, they claimed insurance. They were literally, they were literally paid for the loss of earnings. Right? <laughs> so you had, so you had, um, you know, Mary Ruth of South London, who had two slaves in Jamaica and she was given X amount of shillings and all, all of the names, the records, the names, all of them are online on quite a well-known database now that anybody can access all of the actual names, first name, surname, really important. So anybody, you know, any African worldwide can go and do their research and, uh, and, um, find out which white person effectively owned you because in in clarendon jamaica my surname brian b-r-y-a-n right there was a big slave plantation in clarendon right and it was owned by a family called brian so all even right today all of the dark you know because i'm quite dark skinned so you know so all of the dark skinned brians all of them come from clarendon jamaica you know so when i i've met loads of African Caribbean Brian's 
in the UK. And I know we're all related. I know we're all related, you know. So, but off the top of my head, I can't think of any white Brian's that I've met, but I must have done, you know. But, and you would do, you come across them all the time. A friend of mine, I've not spoken to her for years, comes from Maryland. She told me 25 years ago, she was over here studying law degree 25 years ago. She told me that um, she's got white people in her family that she walks past on the street in Maryland. They all know their family, but they don't talk to each other. You know, it's slightly different here because obviously we come from the Caribbean or, or West Africa. I mean, you know, my, my mum and dad, mum, dad, and granddad come from Jamaica here. So, you know, so all the slave masters left the Caribbean, most of them, and came back, in, in fact, went to America or came here. When the Maroons rose up in Jamaica, a lot of them, went, you know, fled for their lives. They went, went to flipping, you know, went to, um, went to southern, the southern states or came back to the UK. You know, that's the history. You know, when the Haitians, you know, when the, you know, when Toussaint Louverture and Bokman Dotti beat them out of Haiti, right, all of those slave masters went, went to America. You know, that's, that's the history. So slightly different for people like me as opposed to yourself. But no doubt, if I meet a white person there with my surname, there, there has to be connections down the line. There, there has to be somewhere. Do you know what I mean? You know? But a lot, oh yeah, another little thing though, they change their names. What this program says is that they change their names. Similar to a lot of other Europeans that want to hide their, 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 their money, they change on what they did. They change their names. You know what I mean? But all of it, all of it is traceable, basically. If if you want to do that, you know. Yes, I have one more question, if you don't mind. Uh, so, um, oh, um, I'm sorry, it's it's slipping my mind right now. I was I was going to ask. Oh, I, so. Did you have you ever spoken to white people about what happened to the indigenous black people that were there before white people? What happened to the indigenous black people that were there before the 1700s? Uh, what, what in what in places like the Caribbean? You mean? No, in in the UK. So the indigenous people and or the people that were there before the 1700s. Uh, all right, like, all right. Not really. I, I personally, I personally haven't. I mean, if I'm really honest with you, I don't, I, I don't speak to white people about about um, about anything to do with me <laughs> personally. I, I just, I just don't do that because I, I used to. I have done when I was a lot younger, but a, a lot of their answers, you know, I've heard everything they've got to say. None of it is new, so I don't, I don't really think I'm going to get a new kind of response. You know, I mean, um. But but no, I, I, I recently anyway, I just haven't bothered. If I'm really honest with you, I, I just um, yeah, I, I just I just haven't bothered. I, I spoke to a lot of Africans about about uh, about our um, history, about our present situation. My whole thing though is about the future. If I'm really honest, African history is important, but I'm very much concerned about the future now and about trying to talk about that how that's gonna how we want the next hundred years to be but uh, yeah but I've, n I've not really spoken about the past recently to whites 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Context of white supremacy. Much obliged, M. Hondisi. Number again, 641-715-3640. Decode 564-943-pound. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Last few minutes. Again, this is not like the typical broadcast, so we will not be here for three hours. Last few minutes. If you have, <clears throat> excuse me, a question, comment, remark that you want to make sure uh, that you get in. I did want to ask, I think retired firefighter did have another question or comment, but before I get to him, uh, I think yesterday we talked about uh, Bakari Henderson. This is the uh, black male student, U.S. student. He was vacationing in Greece in 2017. He was at a bar. Sobriety would be best. I'm not, I don't even know if he was drinking, but just that whole environment is unsafe anywhere in the known universe under the system of white supremacy. Anyway, he was at this bar. Unfortunately, he was killed by this gang of white terrorist thugs. They just had the trial uh, in Greece and, of course, anywhere in the world, killing Negras. No problem. Uh, they exonerated these whites and they had video uh, of this incident as well. Uh, and they talked to his mom after his parents and all after this, you know, horrendous tragedy that they've had to go for, through for a year. Uh, was this reported on? Did this become news over there in uh, the UK, Andrew? I, I didn't see that. Could you, sorry, could you say a bit more about that? I didn't see that at all. Bakari Henderson, uh, that's the black male's name. And this was from uh, last summer. This was the point Princess made last night that this case didn't get any. They made all that hubbub about the uh, missionary. And this black male uh, was killed at a bar, wasn't going someplace where he wasn't welcome. He was just at the local watering hole in Greece, getting a drink on his vacation, scholar, doing what scholars do, take a little vacation, do a little mm. international travel, and was killed by this mob of racists. And unfortunately, I think this is a cowbell. I think some, he was on, I think that video of it, I think he was at the bar and I think he might've been talking to a white girl that was there and they got upset about this mm. and it was like five or six of them. Anyway, the report, uh, cause they just had the trial this week. Uh, it's been 17 months since the death of 22 year old, uh, Bakari Henderson and his family is still seeking justice. Uh, Bakari an Austin, Texas native and graduate of the university of Arizona was vacationing in Greece in July, 2017, when a group of men killed him outside a nightclub Following an argument, uh, they chased a the man down. They beat him to death in the street. He had no way to defend himself. They left him there to die. Joe Henderson, Bakari's mother, told KVUE's uh, news from Greece on Thanksgiving Day. A Greek court convicted and sentenced six men involved in Bakari's death, but instead of spending life in prison for murder, they will serve up to 15 years on a lesser charge. Uh, it was quite shocking to get the verdict, especially because we weren't prepared to. We weren't prepared for it to go the way it went, Jill said. In hindsight, I guess it could have been worse. We're just grateful that six of the defendants will remain in jail serving their sentences. Bakari's family had spent nearly 40 days in Greece in order to attend his trial. This is not the outcome they expected. The men had no regard for human life at all. So to me, that shows that they were not remorseful. Jill said it kind of puts a stab in your heart to know, you know, they really don't seem to care. 
the way the court system handled the case has Jill concerned about future incidents involving tourists. It does make us wonder if it's safe to travel over to Greece if you can send your child to Greece and they get murdered, she said, to not get justice. This makes me kind of leery to know that it could happen to anyone. Uh, I will stop there. It said they're supposed to be heading back to the States uh, this coming Monday. But that's, yes, current information on this case. You said you hadn't heard about it, Andrew? No, no, I hadn't heard about that at all. Uh, I've heard that, actually, that's not true. Because I've heard the name, but I didn't know in relation to what. But for something, the name rings a bell. But no, I mean, um, I mean, it would have been brilliant to have had some of the other UK uh, um uh, um, crew here because I'm sure they could have shed more light on it but uh, I mean the, the name definitely rings a bell but I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure where from so it's good to hear the detail on it for sure some of them unfortunately since the holidays were bought up from retired firefighters some of them I think did say that other holidays obviously not Thanksgiving but Christmas and some of the other things were starting to pop up on their uh, schedule. So, hey, we will see for next month. Hopefully we will be back and rolling. I can get back to my normal schedule and we'll have them back for December. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. It's a couple of questions, Gus. Yes, sir. Um, I'll be asking you guys. <clears throat> um, what's going on with the, um, you know, that policewoman who decided to break into, well, she, she found herself in that, uh, in that black man's uh, apartment and she decided to shoot him. What, what 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 happened? What's going on with that? And there was there's a case that we heard over here of some uh, pol- people who call themselves the police who decided to shoot a black security guard who was holding down someone because they had uh, been been doing you know he's doing his job holding someone down. So what's what's going on with those two cases? Uh, the Jamel Roberson case. I think that's the latter one. Uh, that yes. you're talking about. That's the black male security officer who was uh, killed unarmed uh, by a white suspected race soldier. Uh, I think I'm not super, and I will be the first one to admit proudly I do not track these police shootings. Mm. I do try to be at mm. least current enough for this sort of thing on the broadcast that someone says, oh, hey, Gus, did you keep up? Did you hear what happened there? Just so I at least mm-hmm. not like, oh, I don't know. But I generally do not because these happen every day. Uh, and you, I mean, that would just end up being your job to just track these shootings. And it's generally the same thing every time. What I just read with Bakari Henderson, that's generally what happens if they have a trial at all. Uh, the Negro had a history of selling drugs or using drugs or both. And he had a criminal record and he had a gun or it looked like he had a gun and we're not going to prosecute and the hate you give. And I mean, it's the same thing every time I think it's psychological, uh, terrorism, uh, just Dr. Tommy Curry, the man, not, this is the only time where it becomes acceptable. Now we will show snuff flicks and show Bakari Henderson. I've seen him die about 80 times. Every time they have a report, they put his body up. The same thing. I'm looking at the report, uh, not Jamel Roberson. I did not see that video, but I'm looking at the report uh, for Botham Jean. That's the black male that was shot and killed in Texas where the uh, Dallas uh, enforcement officer, white woman, uh, Amber Geiger, uh, she went and claimed she went into the wrong apartment and got surprised and, and shot and killed uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Jean uh, with that case. Uh, I know with Jamel Roberson, I think that case, the officer, all of that is still pending. I think he may have been arrested, the officer. Uh, Let's see. Amber Geiger, I think they are still 
checking to see if he's going to... Let's see, I'm reading the most recent report. This is published on November 24th. The newly elected Dallas County District Attorney was probably feeling more than a little pressure to deliver justice in the racially charged case of former police officer Amber Geiger killing Botham Jean in his own home nearly two months ago. John Cruzo, who is African-American, recently said the most appropriate charge for the white woman who fired the fatal shot at an unarmed black male in his own apartment was murder, not manslaughter. But his comments came admittedly without being intimately familiar with the investigation into one of the most unusual police shootings in recent history that will begin that he will begin overseeing after he's sworn in next year. So it looks like uh, she has been arrested uh, it looks like manslaughter is the charge that she's currently facing and the trial that'll probably be sometime a year from now. So that's the shooting in the house. Uh, the Jamel Roberson case, I think the white officer has been arrested, although I'm not sure what the charge is. And that'll probably be another one that you'll have to pay attention to for a year or longer and see what happens, if anything. Mm. Right on. I don't even think they've named the officer in that case. So actually, I have to rewind. I don't think there's been an arrest because they haven't even named the officer uh, in that case yet. They've just hinted that they think it was a white person, but they haven't even named the killer of Jamel Roberson. So that's as much detail as I can give you on that one. And I can say something good. Kanye West allegedly gave quite a bit of money to pay for the funeral. That is no, I don't have a joke there. There's no punchline. I don't have anything to add. This is one time where we can mention his name and it is constructive. He allegedly is reported to have given money to pay for the funeral. He's a Chicago native. This happened in Chicago, period. Uh, That's good. For sure. Uh, let's see. Princess, did you have a comment that you wanted to add? Comment, question, aforementioned? I was going to say good evening, uh, callers from overseas. Uh, I was going to also add that the, I believe, the latest update on that last case you were talking about, uh, they did indicate that they're not releasing the police officer's uh, name at this time. I believe they said, uh, I well, I can't remember, but I just know I had read the article, uh, the last article on, I think it was Friday, uh, that they were, they had announced that they wasn't going to release the officer's name. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Got to keep white people safe. Can't have random niggers uh, give them too much information and, you know, they could be camped out of this house or what have you. That's the sort of thing that they've said before uh, in terms of justifying when these killers, uh, they want to make sure that they have anonymity. Uh, That's the sort of rationale that will be provided. Racist logic, in my view. Uh, The person... Uh, Victim who dialed in, I guess you're on the vote line, perhaps. Uh, If you had commentary, you should be with us. Uh, Yes. Hi, how you doing? Uh, Am I being hurt? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, I had a couple questions to fill. All right. I had one for you and one for uh, Mr. Andrew. Yes, sir. Um, one uh, for you. Uh, I wanted to know if, uh, if it was possible that you could possibly get um, Jeremiah Kamara, like for Christmas or something like that, 2018, if possible. Um, I really enjoyed his two programs that you had with him and the slave sermons. And um, the question for Mr. Andrew, I wanted to know, uh, I know he said he doesn't discuss um, much with uh, Europeans over there, or if he does, like, what, what, is, uh, what is the conversation around um, Meghan Markle 
and like how how do they interpret her race um because I work at the post office and I come across a lot of magazines and the way they the way they portray her um is as if is as if she's having Harry's baby not the other way around I've never seen that before and uh I'm an attentive father and I've never heard somebody say uh hey uh oh you're having like it's it's just the wording is different so I'll mute my line and let you comment um <clears throat> okay so I mean from what I've heard uh people say about uh Meghan Markle you know from you know, mainly on TV really because you know, most white people really don't don't uh, don't really discuss European politics beyond cracking a few jokes. If I'm really honest, from what I've heard, but on TV, Meghan Markle's been seen as a long time, uh, I suppose, moderate leader of um, of Germany, um, a strong leader. You know, she's a woman who's managed to be there a long time. Um, to where we are now today, well, well, you know, she's not going to be in very in power very much longer anyway. Um, um, the far right, as you probably know, is gaining uh, traction all over Europe and America, but definitely all over Europe. Um, so, you know, she's having to deal with the far right, the, the center, and 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 uh, <clears throat> and the left as well whatever that means um and really at at times nearly over in power um you know germany is seen generally speaking germany is seen as a as a technologically um, i think you're talking about uh megan markle not angela merkel are you talking about megan markle yes markle yes not yes oh yeah yeah it's megan no 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 no, megan mark oh yeah sorry you're talking about so you're talking about harry's wife Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I said Meghan Markle. I was talking about uh, the the Harrys. What is she? I don't know how you guys worded it there, but her wife is correctly. Yeah, her complexion. Her complexion is a little bit lighter, and uh, I know in the states, you know, that confuses a lot of us over here. And yeah. some people could take her as like, you know, she could pass as a white woman over here. I'm in Arizona. And, you know, there's a lot of interracial stuff going on and she could easily pass as a white woman if she just, you know, alter her voice a little bit more. And, you know, so I was wondering, well, like, what's the perception? What's the perception uh, of her out there? Do they, do they think she's question. passing? Do they think she's black? Do they think she's white? So I'll let you comment. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's that's a, that's an interesting one. <clears throat> OK, so it's, God, where do I start with this one? Um, so. You see, the British, the English, English people are very good at. Uh, you've you've got to read between the lines when when you hear English people speak. <clears throat> so on the one level, um, uh, the, 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 there's supposedly in the media anyway. Um, when I say in the media, I mean in on London radio stations. There's there's an apparent acceptance of 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 of, of Harry. And 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 his wife, and this kind of thing, and uh, you know, isn't it great? You know, forward thinking. Harry's forward thinking. Um, you know, this kind of thing. You know, it, it's great that you know the royal family's leading the way. Bloody bloody blah, and all of that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but you know, 
all of that doesn't mean anything, does it? Because obviously when those two got married, right, the only part of her family that was there was it was her mum, basically, right? So, so the you know, you know, in terms of you know, blacks being being in her family, it's only her, and then you had a gospel choir, right? And it's not, you know, it's not very. Um, that's not very sort of forward thinking, you know, whatever nonsense, you know, that they were, you know, is the, was the vernacular um, in the media at the time. And now it's just not there really. Right. Um, you know, you know, so there's that, you know, white people that I've heard don't really talk a lot about it in person. Don't really talk a lot about it. They really don't. Um, in the media, there's, as I said, that that sort of um, supposed liberal liberal verbal view, supposed, right? Um, but it's uh, her movements, from what I can see, are carefully choreographed. Do you know what I mean? Um, but you know, the other side of all of this is, I don't know to what degree she herself. Ident how she identifies. Do you know what I mean? You know, how, bearing in mind this woman's married a white man, how does she herself identify? You know, I don't know. I mean, I must admit, I've never bothered to stop to listen to what comes out of her mouth. So I don't know how she identifies. I have no idea. I know she's married, but so, you know, that tells me what she's like for me personally. So why am I going to stop and listen to what comes out of it? I'm not going to do that. You know, um, it's just not my interest. I think I said this at the time when we spoke about this before. It's just not, it's of no interest to me because she's voted with her feet in terms of her actions and what she's done. You know, that's enough for me personally. Um, I, I think what's interesting for me is what African, African Caribbean people, what black people say about, that wedding and her that's interesting you know so to that end i've i've known you know when they got married i i i know black women mainly black women that that went down there to the palace waved the flag i know black women that 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 celebrated the wedding celebrated the wedding and when i asked why you celebrated it it's this whole thing about acceptance they didn't use the word acceptance but it's the whole thing about saying things like, uh, I'm paraphrasing, things like, you know, um, it shows that uh, one black woman can make it and, you know, you know, they're living their lives through this person. That's what's happening. And there was loads of celebration amongst African, black, Caribbean women in the UK that I saw. I saw, I spoke to these people and it was on television, you know, so, so, so that's the bit that I found interesting, you know. Um, I mean, I was talking about that just the other day with a black woman and, uh, and uh, you know, that needs to be explored really, you know, for me, from, you know, that's, that, I think it's important to explore the, that mindset, you know, why are we, when I say we, I mean, why are African women celebrating that? What was, what, what is that all about? And I'd like to know whether or not that wedding was celebrated by African women, black women in America, <laughs> you know, and why were they celebrating it? Renithia Tate, Tate, author of Pieces of a Puzzle, uh, which is all about 
uh, black females in tragic arrangements, uh, any sort of sexual activity with white men. That's what that book is exclusively about. And Renithia Tate is a black mm-hmm. female who admits that she, too, uh, was a victim of these tragic arrangements. And she talks about her own situation at the very beginning of the book. But she was on the program to talk about the royal tragedy uh, early this summer. And unfortunately, she was of the opinion that there were a significant number of black females, even here in the States, who were into the fantasy. And oh, wow, this is amazing. And maybe I can vicariously experience that white validation and acceptance too through Duchess Markle. Uh, so mm. that that white fantasy, the white supremacy fantasy, that I think that was exactly the way that she phrased it, that has powerful appeal throughout the known universe under the system of white supremacy, unfortunately. You know, I mean, we're saying this in light of the rape that African men, women and children experienced during the enslavement period. We're saying this off the back of the power imbalance that exists in those kind of relationships. Do you know what I mean? You know, so, you know, you know, you know, that's why we're saying this, you know, you know, you know, there's just a, there's a power imbalance and then Frank, and there's Frank rape of, of African women. So it's, just crazy to want to marry these people in and and the fact that that kind of where we're talking about racism that's happening now today so 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 why would anybody want to join we want to join with people that perpetrate you know that, that perpetuate that system and 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 do those kind of crimes really why you know what i mean it's just it's this is it's not it's strange and and that is what this is you know that's what we're looking at here you know system of racism white supremacy that is uh by design dr francis cress welsing there was a reason that she talked about black self-respect uh, and having a correct understanding of what it means to be classified as white what is racism white supremacy and how does it work i think once you get answers to those questions and are brimming with black self-respect then i think it becomes uh how I say you will understand why the importance, the power of making those decisions, finding this is nothing to celebrate a black person being sexually sewered. This is nothing to celebrate at all. This is not solving our problems. And that person is in danger. Uh, if anything, um, anywho, uh, we did uh, our broadcast. As I've been saying, this is not our full normal broadcast. It's supposed to be shorter uh, and encouraging folks to chime in who are listening around the world uh, and folks stateside as well. Uh, uh, phenomenal to have Andrew back with us. Uh, been too long. Uh, we should be here next month. Uh, rock and roll. And hopefully we'll have uh, our other UK and other abroad listeners, participants back with us as well. But uh, definitely good to have Andrew with us uh, to catch up uh, and exchange views on the global, it is, global system of racism. I did, I guess, retired firefighter. I will give him uh, the last words. He seemed like he did have a final question or comment he was trying to sneak in there. Uh, Retired firefighter, did you have uh, one more question you needed to get in? Uh, No, I I just about... uh said all, all the things that I uh, had to say. I, I was, uh, when you brought it up, uh, 
about uh, 10 minutes ago, I was just sitting here thinking about something that that, uh, that I can come up with, but I haven't uh, fully done that. So uh, I'm good. Right on. Uh, the caller in Arizona, his question about uh, Jeremiah Kamara, uh, I will work on that to see if we can uh, have him back on the program. Uh, I do think he has a lot of constructive uh, information, uh, focuses on religion. Uh, he's been on the guest uh, a few times uh, before uh, in the archives. You can go back and check it out. Uh, I will. Get, I felt like I lost the best method. To, I mean, it's been 10 years or it's been you know a long time. I felt like I had misplaced the best method that I had to contact him. Uh, I was trying to get him back on the program and felt like I had maybe uh, misplaced or been negligent uh, with that somehow. But I will work to see if we can get him back uh, at some point soon, 2018, this calendar year, to get him back on the program. Mr. Kamara, Slave Sermons. Uh, he has several uh, books as well uh, about racism, white supremacy, uh, the religion of white supremacy. Uh, with that. Much obliged to all of our participants. Uh, hope it was a constructive investment of your Sunday afternoon. Uh, again, the iTunes feed, uh, it is not allowing me to manually upload the programs as I normally do, uh, but the archives are still available in a multitude of, uh, on a multitude of platforms. Uh, Mr. Fox, uh, right in UK, best of Britain. Uh, has been uploading to YouTube. Uh, let's see. The content is always at Black Talk Radio Network. Uh, let's see. SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, there are at least four other platforms, probably more, but at least four uh, where the information is current. Uh, I know all four of the platforms that I just mentioned, uh, they are current. All the programs that we did uh, this week, except for today, obviously, but Give me a few minutes. Uh, the compensatory call in from yesterday, the book club with Dr. Tommy Curry, workplace racism, uh, the most recent broadcast. All of that is posted uh, at all SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube, Black Talk Radio Network at minimum. Uh, and hopefully we can get the iTunes situation corrected so that the other platforms will be working as well. But there should be no shortage of options to access the cows content. Uh, if you have questions, gripes, complaints, guest suggestions, untiljustice at gmail.com, untiljustice at gmail.com. It is the holiday season. Uh, the thing that I emphasize most is use of time and energy. Whites uh, directly and indirectly do lots to dictate how we use our time and energy, mostly to support racism. One thing we can do with our time and energy during the holidays is I'm not going to uh, invest my time and energy to the best of my abilities in all of this nonsense, the unnecessary shopping for overpriced Adam, uh, overpriced items uh, that Andrew uh, mentioned previously. And just all of that, I got to go out and take my taser with me to get through the aisle uh, to get two or three things. I'm not going to participate in any of that. Uh, if there are going to be some gifts uh, purchased, something constructive <laughs> that was mentioned earlier, or I'll just spend time with family as I can and be constructive, try to minimize conflict, see if we can work on something constructive, maybe clean the house or whatever, but how we use our time and energy, uh, really be mindful of that year round, not just during the holidays, but I think that is super important uh, for how we go about solving this problem. And as was stated, uh, justice is more important 
than survival. Uh, just being here, existing uh, in a planet dominated by terrorism, that is not the goal at all. Uh, not being comfortable in this, not being cool with this, not trying to see how long we can stay here. The goal above and beyond all of that is justice, establishing justice, permanently ending the system of white supremacy. With that, much obliged. Uh, sobriety would be best. I should say that like two or three times during holiday season, because that's normally an excuse to woohoo. We need to drink 50 times more. Sobriety would be best under conditions of white terrorism. Let's take care of our brain computer so that we continue to think well to solve our problems. In addition to being sober every time we are in a vehicle, let's be buckled up, driver or passenger. Let's do all that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no. That's it. Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, brother. A victim. Man, a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Ah. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.